So I'm, I'm super psyched to get started on this topic today. Well, for listeners, um, I, you know, this is Pivot Masters podcast. Once a month, we have Kat Jordan join us. Kat Jordan is the host of Unfuck Your Head podcast. She's amazing. Um, and she provides a little bit of, I would say, you know, a little more of the professional aspect of <laughs> uh, and perspective of mental health and human yes. health to our conversation around careers and career changing and career pivoting. And, you know, I, I, landed on this topic for this month, which is having career conversations with youth. Um, because I think yes. it's part of what we're seeing happening right now. Generationally, Kat and I are, I, I think we're the same age, um, or yes. very, very close. Right. Um, so we grew up with this question of what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's becoming a bigger and bigger and heavier weighted question, I feel, with each passing generation. And there's right. there's a lot to unwrap here. There's a lot to talk about. But really, Kat is going to offer us um, ways to think about this conversation and, and really develop a healthy dialogue around yeah. having these conversations with children, because that is part of you know, what we fight when we're doing that first career pivot or change is all these years of build up, <laughs> all these years of build up to this one career path, and then it changes for whatever reason. And fighting those feelings of of disappointment and, and pressure and anxiety. Um, so I know I've already just started to dive in, but I want to circle back. Kat, uh, would you mm -hmm. like to talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah, your interest in career pivoting? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley. So um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have a private practice where I treat children and adolescents, and I also specialize in anxiety, depression, and trauma. And so I have been doing that for a little over 11 years now, um, and I also launched a podcast called Unfuck Your Head. Um, Listen to gosh, it. Last year, please listen to it. It's so good. Um, bring your tissues and make sure you're in a grounded space when you listen to these podcasts because they're really raw and yeah. they're really very. Um, uh, my guests have been really vulnerable in sharing their life stories about struggling with mental health. So, um, yes, unfuck your head podcast is the handle on Instagram and the website is unfuckyourhead.org. Yay! And so, also, pivoting. So, <laughs> that was the third <laughs> question that you had asked me. I was like, yes, I knew there was a third one. Um, so, career pivoting, I think I'm really interested in, not just because this is a conversation that I often have with my youth in private practice, but also with every stage of development that I have. I have college-age um, clients. I have young adults. I have 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings who are either in the process of changing or wanting to change, you know, that good old fashioned midlife crisis space. And so it's something that I am often um, exposed to in the work that I do with mm -hmm. my clients. But it's also something that even though I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a therapist, how that's developed and how I have um, expressed that role has shifted and has pivoted as I've, I've gotten older. So it's both um, something close to my heart as a professional and also as a fellow human. Yeah. Thank you, Kat. I, I love that you're here. And all right, can you hear these like pop-ups I have like coming up on my screen okay great no. uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're like bring bring nope, um, <laughs> perfect um okay back on track so uh listeners like we said we're, we're, we're talking about having conversations with youth about their careers and career options and there's there's a lot of different perspectives on um the value of these conversations and how Absolutely. to have these conversations. 
And I, I think it's also important um, for us to keep in mind there's a grain of salt, right? Every child's different. Every family dynamic is different. We are going to be doing some really big, broad strokes generalizations here uh, for the sake of making this succinct and not a 10-hour conversation. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I personally want to just kind of start with thinking about where this conversation came from. Um, because I think looking at the history of things is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I honestly, Kat, I was sitting here for a while, like, when would this have started, right? Because if we look back to literature, if we look back to um, paintings, you know, you know, our historic, historic artifacts, we know that for a large period of time throughout history, people were raised to to work in family trades right? right um there wasn't opportunity yes there's room for growth in that right now but it is far more available than it was historically absolutely right absolutely so yeah i i have a hypothesis but i, I got to be honest i looked for like papers if someone is like really into journalistic research papers, feel free to send us proof of this because I would love yeah. proof. <laughs> uh, I, I suspect that conversations around what do you want to be when you grow up started to really evolve and take hold after the um, Industrial Revolution. Um, so, and, and there's a lot of reasons for this, right? Um, there were more job opportunities. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone who's alive today grew up in an environment where people were asking that. I am certain there are people who were being told, when you get older, you're going to do what dad does. You're going to do what mom exactly. does. And d- these That's are these, that. yeah, there's like these familial expectations, Um but I mean, we can look back, right, and historically recognize like, yeah, okay, uh, last names often came from the family trade. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. There's a ton of evidence. Um, and and us being kind of like on the outskirts of that field, just in observations, like we can clearly see that there has been a trend, right, that those things have yeah. shifted and changed. You know, I think about my grandmother who um, is 87, still with us, and I don't think that was ever something that was on her plate. You know, she grew up expecting to become a mother and mm-hmm. a housewife. And when my grandfather suddenly passed, she had to make a massive pivot and mm-hmm. find a job. Um, and prior to that, it was not it was not on her plate. And um, and I think we can all look into both our own family's history and see where that change happened. Um, and it could be a little bit different depending on your family culture. But I think yeah. broadly speaking, um, and I will go as far as saying, you know, primarily in the United States is where my point of reference yeah. is, um, is that people are are starting to really take hold of you don't have to necessarily follow your family's expectations or the family um, career path or, or job, you know, like that you have agency and authority to start to consider what it is that you want to do to contribute to society. And I think that's, that as we're seeing, right, it's really great, but also has some other things that we have to still figure out and work out in order to ensure that one, people are following careers that they are interested in with, you know, healthy expectations and also in a way that's not harming our kids and harming our adolescents. And our, our young adults, I would say, too, right? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about the history here. Um, I want to kind of move the conversation to talking mm-hmm. about the positives of having conversations with our children um, or with youth. I, I say our children 
as in the universal children, right? Because children. that's the thing. Yes. Right? If I yes. meet your kids, right? Yes. Isn't that an like a common question your kids get from like a yeah. new person? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what's your favorite color, <laughs> depending on the age. Sure. Right. Um, and and what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it really like depending on that age and depending on that person's conversation, right? Not not the person's conversation, depending on who that person is of whom you're having the conversation, you're going to see a part of that kid and their personality yeah. come up. I mean, how many of us, and I'm sure of all of our listeners, you know, when we think about when we are four, five, six, seven, eight years old, being asked that question, we probably are not still in that career that we maybe thought that we wanted to be at that point. And it's cute at that age, right? right. And um, and that that's going to shift. So yeah. yeah, yeah, the general, yeah. yeah. And you know, I I I pulled an article. You mentioned I had pulled a few. Um, so there's I have an article that kind of promotes the positive aspect of of this question. Um, it's from fatherly.com, and um, I could put a link to the article in the the podcast post, but um, they talk about how this psychologist explains he his perspective is that we're, we're giving children an opportunity to really start to think through their options, right? That they mm-hmm. have these options available to them and that they can start to g- kind of grab their hands out, like, and see, test the waters, see what what they can imagine themselves being. Mm-hmm. And and there's an, a really important part here because I unknowingly kind of forget that there is a population of kids who are neglected in this way, right? In the yeah. US, um, where they don't have adults who are engaging in conversation with them, who right. are, you know, offering... Um, you know, opportunities or perspective for a variety of reasons. And there's a, there's right. a lot there we don't need to get into. But yes. there is a positive aspect to the fact that like, yeah, we are offering an opportunity for our youth to imagine themselves beyond living under our roof's roof, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. <laughs> one day... I'm not going to be making you breakfast. You're going to be on your own making breakfast. And then you go off and do what all day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think what I think is obvious, it, to me, it feels obvious. The most important thing when you're asking this question is whoever's asking the question, one, what is the intention behind why you are asking this question? Mm -hmm. What is your response going to be regardless of what that child's response is going to be? And, and are you doing it in a way that is curious? You know, um, I think if, if people are asking in a demanding way, like you should know, then you're, you're setting this child up to be terrified and uncertain and scared. And that's not, that is not how we want anyone, whether a child or a young adult, to, to, to feel when they are considering what they want to do um, as a career. And so, you know, I think when I was real little, I wanted to be a writer. And neither of my parents had, um, to the best of my knowledge and, and recollection, neither of my parents had discouraged that. And it was when I started writing, like in my mind, I had all these stories, but when I started writing, I discovered that I wasn't actually as talented in writing as I had hoped. And it didn't harm me to then say, oh, all right, well, this isn't something I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out something else, you know, but had my parents said to me, if I said I wanted to be a writer and they were like, oh, you're a terrible writer. Or, or there's no money in that. Why would you do that? Or that's going to be really hard for you to do. It would have crushed my spirit. And I would have felt, oh, God, I'm, I'm, well, if I can't do that, I probably can't do anything. Right. And rather mm-hmm. it being an, a, a, a question to open up the space, open 
up the space of there are possibilities of, you know, and that are abundant for you. What would you like? And tell me why that's interesting to you, you know, Mm -hmm. really allows that space to, to be used for the child in a way that allows them to find what they want to do rather than being told based on, you know, that person's response or reaction. Right. Right. You know, and I, I think in hearing you talk there, Kat, I was thinking about certain kids. I know certain kids, I have friends uh, whose kids are obsessed for years with a particular topic, hobby, interest, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, like a switch, something happens Mm-hmm. And it's over, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like that love affair. We've dropped it. It's a toy, whatever it is, right? And then now they have this new thing, right? Or they're figuring out what a new thing is. And I I want to point that moment out because I think it's important when we're interacting with kids who do tend to have obsessive uh, interests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that it's okay for them to change those interests, right? And not to totally. act like, holy cow, the world has ended, you know, hell froze over, you now like this, right? No, it's, they're evolving, they're changing, they're growing, they're, and they're little people, they're just, they're just still growing. Yeah, I was just gonna say, as a very clear statement to all of our listeners, please, It is not expected for any child to know what they want to do for a living. They are (laughs) developmentally, both like physiologically developmentally in their brain development, as well as their emotional development, and as well as their intellectual development, is not at a place where they can make that decision. And so sure, if they're passionate about something and they get really excited about something, that might just turn out to be something that happened in their childhood. That might be a future hobby or that might be a career, but to place that weight on that child is totally inappropriate. Um, And if I may, I want to also kind of shift in like where the weight then becomes in our adolescence, because adolescent age is figuring out who they are. That is what they are supposed to do. They're figuring out who they are, what groups they belong to. Um, And so to have the expectation that adolescents know exactly what they're going to do for a career is also inappropriate, which is really hard because we have in this entire country, the, our, our sophomores, juniors going through the process of finding a school to study a subject for college. And that pressure is awful, especially if the adolescents really don't know what they want to do. Um, And I think that being the conversation of like, there's room for flexibility. This is something you might want to study, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that this is going to be your career. It's okay to, as we continue to evolve and develop, to to change, you know? Yeah. So, Kat, I I was hoping that you could educate me a little bit here and talk about brain development in children and what are some important milestones that kind of correlate with how we're having these conversations and when it's appropriate to kind of dive a little deeper with with children and adolescents. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I appreciate you asking this question because it really is, it kind of helps us have the the building blocks of how to help someone find and choose a career that is going to be successful for them, ideally, right? If we think about, I get really excited at this concept in the far (laughs) future where every human being and, and again, I'm going to emphasize this ideal is grown and fostered to follow a career or a job that they are naturally talented in, that they naturally enjoy. Mm. The world will function so much more efficiently, right? Yeah. If you think about 
someone who's in a job that they hate, they're not putting in 100%. They're not even probably putting in 50%, right? Mm -hmm. And that's causing a lot of problems. You think of everybody being as grateful as they can, you know, with the ups and downs that come with all careers. Happy to get up in the morning and go to work because they feel Mm -hmm. passionate about it. They're going to be more efficient. And then the whole you know, world is just going to function better. So I had this like really excited idea in my head that, that I hope that that happens. But it does start with our children. It does, And it does start at young ages. We can't wait until they're about to go to college for us to have this conversation. We kind of want to explore it at a young age, but we want to do it in a way that is developmentally appropriate. So right. if you're thinking about a four or five-year-old, before kindergarten, right? Their idea of a job tends to be like policeman, doctor, firefighter, a veterinarian, right? Like really kind of the things that they see in cartoons and in books. And they're going to want to gravitate towards something that feels um, like either being a hero for saving the world. Like that's their mentality, right? Like I want to be special. I want to make a difference. And then if you think about, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 year olds, where they're just starting to figure out who they are and they're just starting to explore a little bit more about like what other jobs there are in the world and different sciences and different histories, you know, you want to really question and encourage them to discover what they like, what they're interested in, what they find fascinating, right? And just let that be. Like, that doesn't have to translate to a career. That is just helping them foster a sense of, oh, I'm a person who likes animals, right? Or I'm a person who likes, um, you know, discovering things. So, you know, just leaving it at that rather than drawing these grand conclusions to being an archaeologist and what that means. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and then I think about, you know, early adolescent, 12, 13, 14 year olds, man, that is a hard point of development. And thinking yeah. about a career is not on their radar. Their radar is socializing with their friends. Where do they fit in with their friends? Mm-hmm. And, um, further developing a sense of like um, understanding that the grander space of community and the grander space of like society. And Mm. so really allowing children in that space to be more inquisitive, um, giving them opportunities to learn about different kinds of careers without there being pressure for them to figure it out. Like really just developing like knowledge and understanding of how things work. And then in mid to late adolescence, where you are starting um, in academic, the traditional academic setting to explore college, um, trades work, right? That's where you want to start to have the conversation with them about what are your strengths? What are you naturally good at? What are your weaknesses? And are these weaknesses things that we can expand upon because we haven't tried? Or are these weaknesses right. that we can just accept they're not your strengths? Like, I'm not a mathematician in any stretch of the imagination. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um, yeah. And and allowing them to use that space to say, hey, what do I, what am I interested in studying that could mm-hmm. potentially lead to a career? And also what those studies how those specific studies also expand out into a variety of different careers, right? We have such a narrow mindset of like, if I study psychology, I'm going to be a psychologist. It's not necessarily true. You can study psychology and then go and be a lawyer. You can study (laughs) psychology. I mean, also psychology is one of those things where you can can study that and become anything you want. Um, And so really just allowing those adolescents to understand that there isn't a time limit, ideally, um, that there there is flexibility, they have the option to choose and change, and it's not going to be perfect, and that's okay, you know? And so at, at each of these stages, there is an expectation from the adults and the caregivers in their life to really gently allow this development to happen with support and without 
wholeheartedly without the parental expectation of you have to, you need to, you should. Because mm -hmm. once that child believes that their purpose in life or their career or whatever is directly attached to a parent's expectation, AKA parent's love, yeah. it, will, it will squash their ability to make a good decision for themselves. Right. And that's where I, I can't tell you how many people I see who are going through the midlife crisis saying, well, I did this because my dad told me to, and now I'm miserable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have children. I'll, I'll be honest. Right. Um, I can only, uh, understand this experience from an empathetic perspective at this point in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest, when I hear you say, let's wait until they're, you know, later to really start to dive into these conversations of like, what do you see yourself doing? There's a lot of pressure on sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school to like flip and know, right? And it's it's from every angle, right? It's mm -hmm. from the colleges and the universities, it's from the high school counselors, it's from their teachers, because their electives, all of their um, time outside of school is supposed to be this like resume building thing that helps them get into the programs that they're interested in. And I, I know people who are telling me their kids, their high school kids, like have to do internships every summer in order to get into this college with the best program for yada, yada, yada. Right. Right. And it's it's crazy to me. I'm not a parent. So, again, I'm looking at this from the outside in. So as a parent, but also as a mental health professional, uh, can you can you offer some <laughs> support to these parents? <laughs> yeah. So. It's, it's really tricky because there are different cultures in, within yeah. the United States, right, where the pressure to be successful is still live and well. And success equates to what college you go to and how much money you make and where you live and what you drive and what you wear, right? Yep. So for families in that culture, short of having my own individual therapy sessions with them. It's it is really, really difficult to have that kind of weight and pressure on any one of you, whether you're a parent yeah. already in the career or an adolescent, because the, the weight of what a career is, is on the wrong thing. They're saying you need to be successful financially which we all want. We all want that. That's true. Of course. But if it's only down to the dollar and you're the grade or the specific college that you got into, you're looking at the wrong thing, especially in adolescence is what is going to make this person feel valuable, feel fulfilled, useful, feel like they can be themselves, right? Feel like they're contributing, right? Mm -hmm. So if we kind of just switch it around and say, rather than you meeting all of these requirements and all of these boxes to check off in order to get into a specific school for the sake of that title, for the sake of that piece of paper, we want to really start to focus more genuinely at what is this person who is still only an adolescent, what is it that they want out of life? which I know is a massive question, but it is, is it that you want money and success in that car? And how are you going to reach that? Or is it that you want to be healthy, happy, and successful in the sense that you are finding fulfillment and joy in life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, that's one extreme population, extreme, you know, air one quotes. side of it, right? One side, right. And then there's the other end of this spectrum, right? Where 
Um, I didn't have this experience, but I would imagine if I was a young person and I was entering adulthood and no one has talked to me about what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I would just, I, I think I would feel very lost. Like yeah. it's I, I, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I hope that I didn't give the, the impression that you don't no. a- yeah, ask this at all at any point in time. It is the conversations that you have with your children about what jobs are, what careers are, and what college is need to be coming from a place of curiosity and not this, I am going to tell you what you should do and what you tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to have my own emotional response in this, right? Like we really want our children right. to figure out what it is that they want to do. And that is internal. It is a, it is an individual process. And our job as parents is to help that child figure it out on their own, like internally yeah. on their own but with support by asking these questions with curiosity, by teaching them all of the variations and and options out there, exposing them to um, internships, if that's something that they're interested in. Um, Yeah, because I agree, like, no, I I mean, I don't even think that this would happen. I mean, there must be someone out there that's had this experience where no one says anything. And then it's like, here, apply to college you know, um, or get a job or get a like job. You're 18. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think in situations too, where, you know, college isn't the thing, right. There's plenty, if not the majority yeah. of our population right now. Um, what, what we do for a job. And I want to like the semantics here, what we do for a job isn't necessarily our career and our career isn't necessarily our purpose. Those are, those can be very, very different things. And it's all stepping stones, right? You are not going to wake up at 18 years old and suddenly have a career that's your purpose. And it's okay if you don't. And it's okay if you do, that's great. But the majority of people are not. And I think really helping our youth in, in the whole understand that there doesn't have to be as nearly as much pressure that it's okay to like take our time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you kind of touched on it and I have notes here about breeding this concept of a calling or your path, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Some people genuinely have it. I would suspect that you might be one of these people, right? You've been just deeply rooted in um in mental health and 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 human health practice for so long right it's clear that this is something that is i would say probably at the core of of, of how you identify in the world 100% yes yeah but not everyone has that <laughs> no i i fully recognize that i am an outlier in that um it is it is challenging because I do have this belief and it would be for a whole nother topic or a whole nother episode because it's a whole nother topic I do have this belief that every one of us can have a purpose yeah um and it's there it's about finding it and I mean finding it as in like it's within you, your gut is going to tell you, your heart is going to tell you, it's going to be something that excites you. But it's hard to find if you're looking to the outside world for those answers. And if you're looking to your parents or your peers for those answers, they don't have it for you. You have it, right? It's within you. And it can change. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I, I, okay. I think this is so timely. So today we had an episode released with John Asher and he's a great example of, of how, um, someone can have a purpose and it actually can, uh, surface in what from outsiders looks like completely different ways. And I want to just give people a synopsis. Uh, so if you, haven't listened to it. Um, 
go back and listen. So John went to college for news broadcasting because, and he tells me, he was like, I wanted to help people. I wanted to communicate the truth in a factual and understanding way. That's awesome. And then he decides he wants to be a pastor. And then he takes a kind of a sidestep from that and goes into management. All of these, he tells me he went into because he wanted to help people. I've never heard anyone say they went into news broadcasting because they wanted to help people. (laughs) But it's his perspective and it's how for him, right, it resonated, right? This is the kind of job where I can help people and this is this is my purpose. I'm helping, right? Um, So I think, you know, finding your purpose doesn't necessarily mean okay, now for the rest of my life, I have this one type of job. It's that you feel connected or you look at your jobs, your work from a specific perspective of how I'm helping or how I'm achieving that purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important too. Like I couldn't stress this enough. However you wake up and say, I'm doing something for me to, for the greater good. Right. And it could be a greater good now or it could be the future greater good. Right. Sure. Um, that that's that's going to not necessarily translate to other people. I mean, how could it? It's it's someone else's eyes, someone else's brain, someone else's right. history, someone else's perspective. Right. And and that's, that's why I do what I do. I can't stress enough how important it is for us to learn that it's okay for us to be who we are. And we need to figure out who we are by going inward, not looking to other people to tell us who we are. It's, it's inside of us. We just have to be willing to go there and, and explore and play and kind of, you know, figure that out. And again, I'll stress this again with the understanding that it is okay, that it can change and it will change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think that changing part, right. Remembering that for so many people change in their career path is often set off or, um, kind of initiated by life changes, right. It's usually an outside circumstance. I mean, not always broad strokes here, but you know, it's usually an outside force that encouraged or pushed you (laughs) towards a change, right? And keeping that in mind, keeping that flexibility in mind, right? If I'm a young person right now, I honestly, (laughs) I think uh, I would want to teach a young person flexibility and the importance of adaptability and the importance of checking in with yourself, checking in and seeing, is this working for me? Right. I feel like those are skills that are going to take me a lot further than my obsession with this job that I said when I was seven years old, I wanted to do. Right. Right? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Like let's set, set, this generation and all the future generations up for success. That's all we want, right? I, I think that's what everyone wants as parents is, is to provide kids with more than what we have, right? And and continue to grow and, and offer new opportunity to each generation. And yeah, to me, that exists in adaptability and flexibility. Absolutely. And that... I can't like, I kind of feel like this is a flip, right? We're switching things around where instead of coming from, I know best, this is what you yeah. should be doing. It is, this was my experience. And here, let me help you discover what actually matters in terms of figuring out how to go forward, which is adapt learn about yourself, right? So, I mean, again, totally another uh, 
episode, which would be like, how do we know ourselves? Right. We are so detached from I the, love that. the mind. Can we the do body that sensations. next month? Please, please. <laughs> yes. Please. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, you know, we can say all of this. And yeah. if the ch- if children and our youth are not taught how to understand themselves and how to learn themselves and not just in their mind, our body speaks right? Our gut. We talk about our gut all of the time. But if you're not really tuned into that, how are you going to know if something is working for you? And is something working for you because your parents told you so? Or is something working for you because you know that that's the sensation that you're getting in your in your heart and in your chest? Um, Yeah, there's so much more human experience skills that we should be teaching our youth that we're that's for whatever reason kind of slipping through the cracks um and i think if we were able to do that not only would it take a lot of pressure off of the adults and the caregivers who are trying to help children you know develop but it also allows the children to to develop naturally and then find their purpose um yeah I, i do have to stress i know that i am an outlier and that i knew without a doubt in my mind at the age of 14 that I wanted to become a therapist what that looked like in the future I didn't know like I had this idea Mm -hmm. of like sitting on a couch and talking to people right and over the years it has shifted and and been different yes exactly you know (laughs) with my my gray hair and my class you know um and because my parents didn't hesitate to remind me to follow my dream or to do what makes me happy. I I wouldn't have done that, right? I don't think I would have done that. I think it's really important for parents to say, we, what you're doing is like, you're saying, we trust you to make that judgment for yourself and we'll support you. If you tell us that this is what you want. Um, I think of that like, sounds like it's yeah. probably very hard for parents, yeah. right? You're you've kind of like helped this little person, like from depending on your parenting experience, from whatever age on, right? And and then kind of like just hey, little bird, go fly, right? It, it, it's that moment of yeah. I've given you all the skills. I knew how to give and I trust you. I trust you now to to be your own person in this world. And I'm here, but it's your turn to do the thing. Yeah. And as it sounds scary, hard. Yeah, as hard and as scary as that is, if parents and if parents were able to take a, a back seat for just a little bit, to not be as intense in their children's face, right? To just take a back seat and just observe a little bit more and encourage their kids to explore or be adventurous more or, you know. Do it on their own. Yes, and, and develop with our support, right? Mm-hmm. By like guiding them and and teaching them and showing them rather than telling them and controlling them, (laughs) then we will feel more confident at the end of the day to say, oh, I do trust that you have developed into a a person of integrity and a person that understands what you need and what you want and you have healthy boundaries and, you know, this is something that you're passionate about and I want you to be happy. So fly bird fly right yeah um and this is with the asterisk that whatever it is that they want to do is healthy and safe (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) great asterisks (laughs) yeah that's um yes completely agree (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i mean that that can be all relative right you know you've got a a kid who's like i'm gonna be an astronaut i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna be like god damn it <laughs> my daughter my daughter has mentioned that a couple of times and uh, i cringe every time and um 
I tr- and that and those are those moments where I want to say, oh, that's terrifying. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But I don't. No. Right. I let her figure that out on her own, which is hilarious because she has a fear of heights. So I'm like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> you have a fear of heights. You don't want to be an astronaut. But I don't say that. Right. No. I'm no. really I'm that's where that's a great example of where I'm saying you kind of just take a back seat. Yeah. And you just let them figure it out on their own. And then if they go into an area that's a little too dangerous, that's where you jump in and you bring them back, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, this, this is bridging on, um, the other article I pulled for today's conversation, the New York Times article, and it's yes. it's literally titled, guys, it's Stop Asking Kids What They Want to Be When They Grow Up. Um, <laughs> um, yep. So again, <laughs> we can um, put that in the um, description for today's episode. But, you know, they... I think this topic, right, that we're, we're on today is starting to become more talked about, right? It's it's more mm-hmm. of a conversation for a lot of reasons. Uh, this article cl- clearly is pulling out the negatives of this type of conversation, right? right. And um, and 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 they talk a lot about giving children the impression and then thereby adults the impression that self-worth is somehow connected to your profession. And it is not. It is not. (laughs) It's also like, it just makes things like, I don't know, getting laid off that much harder. (laughs) Yes, because you're taking it, you take it personally. Yeah. And unless you were the one that went up to your boss and like socked him in the face and you got fired, <laughs> right? right? Don't take it personally. Please don't sock your boss in the face. Nah. Physical violence is never okay. Um, yeah. So when I first read this, um, you know, I had some mixed feelings about it because I think it's true. Like we don't want to just ask our kids what they want and then give them the belief that they can necessarily do anything that they want and that their identity is wrapped up in the career. Right. Right. But I think it's, it's not that we want to go from one extreme to the other and we just neglect this topic. It's that we want to find balance in that we are encouraging people, our youth to discover their talents, be okay with some weaknesses if there are weaknesses that they can change and grow from, do that because not yeah. all weaknesses have to stay there forever. And to not only, as we've said, be flexible in like life circumstances, we're not always going to love every job that we have. But if you are driven by something internally that is passionate, that is joyful, that allows you to feel fulfilled then that's what we want to encourage our kids. Yeah. Right. Those are the types of conversations we want to have with them because of that, those pieces of information, those pieces of that puzzle will lead to them finding a job or a career or a purpose or path that works. Yeah. Yeah. Cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, I'm flailing my arms around a little bit. That is awesome. <laughs> I get pretty heated <laughs> and lovingly about, about our kids. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you your professional opinion. Why do you think this conversation has become such a cornerstone culturally in, in how we talk with children? Because our society still, unfortunately, attaches our identity and our worth as a human being to our job. It is, and again, this is probably for another conversation, um, (laughs) in my opinion, driven by capitalism and driven by this belief that we need to produce and that we are only here to produce. And if we are not working 120% all of the time, then we are useless or um, not worthy. Yeah. And, um, and it's heartbreaking, frankly. It's just utterly heartbreaking. And I think we have a lot of work to do to break that. Um, this 
particular episode, I think it's kind of just scratching the surface on, you know, our intentions when we're talking to youth about what, what potential future they might want. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, um, I think you're right. You know, I, I've had a, a recent experience. Um, I, I took a part-time job um, as a career coach um, with a company and um, I am part-time. I'm like, that is my job title, right? And I've never been part-time before. This has never mm-hmm. happened. Um, and I realized a few things and it took, it's, it's taking me, it's been about a month now that I've been in this role. Um, and I'm still struggling with this whole part-time element, but I'm really glad for it because I have this innate, like I need to volunteer for all the shit. Like I'm, Oh, uh, someone's saying this needs to happen. And I, I have this, Oh, I'll do it. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I, there's a reason I pursued a part-time job. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. And, and I'm, I know that it was the right thing for me. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I know that it was. Right. I also have these moments, right, where like a meeting will pop up on my calendar and I'm like, oh, I'm already booked. Yeah, you know, I've already got another thing. And yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Like first words, I'm sorry, you know, and mm-hmm. the other people on my team. And I think it's important to note the other people on the team that I'm working on are all women who are moms um, and and I flip and love it. <laughs> because little kids walk into video calls and are like mommy can you open this and no one bats an eye and we just all keep rolling right there's just like unconditional support for these working moms Um, but all of the other team members are like don't apologize we all took part-time jobs for a reason that means we don't have to be available all the time If you're not available, you're not available. End of story. And it's teaching me a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I'm bringing this up in that part. Yeah. Like what you're saying, right. As, as youth, right. There's lessons we can teach them about timing and the pace and, you know, life success, all of that doesn't have to look the same for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. But even me at 37, still learning, still figuring this out. <laughs> me too. Even even though I've, I've got a pretty solid from the outside picture of what, you know, my career looks like, like I'm still learning. And, yeah. I, and I think that is so valuable for everyone, everyone to know. Um, that's that's actually normal. <laughs> Not yeah. only is it okay, but that's more of the rule than it is the exception to the rule. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and um I'll say I think <sighs> Okay. So I I'll be honest, I you know, when we're talking about having these conversations with youth, I'm looking at it from an outsider like when I'm hanging out at my friend's house and their kids are in the room and I'm just trying to be fun mom's friend. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, I sometimes I get lost. I don't know what to say to um, certain kids. Certain kids are very shy or kind of a little more um, uh, tied up. Right. They're just not going to share as easily. So I would love some advice from you about how I or someone like me who doesn't have my own kids um, can interact with other people's kids in a way that's still healthy and encouraging for them to explore. Yeah, uh, this is a great question. So obviously, depending on the age, um, preteen through adolescence, it's okay if they wall up and they don't want to talk. That's part of their development. They are learning their boundaries. Um, So and not taking that personally, I think is really, really important. The younger kids who maybe do feel a little bit more open um, talking, I think being curious being curious about their interests, what they like, who their friends are, um, wanting to learn who this person is that you're talking to really gives children the platform 
not just not only to want to share these things, right? But when we speak what our experiences, we're also listening to that. And it feeds back this message of this is who I am. So for children to have the opportunity to talk to adults about what their experiences are, what they like, what they don't like, further helps them develop a sense of self, which we need. We need that in order to figure out what we want to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote down some sample questions um, mm-hmm. that I thought of. Um, let me know if I'm on the right track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give them. I'll give thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I have some sample questions. I, you know, if I'm asking a child about a project at school, for example, um, because school's usually my go-to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do you like? What's your favorite class? What have you? Yeah. I think a lot of people use those questions to s- start yeah. engaging a kid. Yeah. Um, and then asking questions like, what did you enjoy about mm. that experience, mm-hmm. project, whatever? Uh, what challenges did you face during that process? I'm getting a thumbs up. Yay. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Yes. These are great. These are great. They are, they're, they're open-ended questions, right? They're open. They are exploratory questions. And I love them because it had nothing, especially in the context of like a project, you're not asking what their grade was. Right. Please stop asking our kids what their grades are. Please, please, (laughs) like, please. Yeah. Yeah, figuring out what, and even in subjects that they like, right? It might be like, well, what's challenging, you know, or subjects that they don't like, well, what's something about it that you do that's okay? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, do you find that your classmates have similar experiences, right? Like Mm -hmm. helping them develop and understand that it's okay that there are differences between you and your peers, you know? Asking whether or not uh, staff is supporting them, whether the teachers or, yeah. or administrators are supporting them. Also giving the message that the adults in school in the academic environment are there to help. Um, mm-hmm. So many kids that I talk to are afraid to ask. And when I, I challenge that a little bit, they they think that the teacher doesn't want to help. And in my mind, I'm like, what are you talking about? So it's like, <laughs> like what? Like te- the, the whole purpose of being there is to help yeah. you learn. Like, <laughs> of course they want to help you. But I don't say it like that. I say, right. well, you know, I, I, I suspect that because it's your teacher, they probably do want to help. And so it's okay to ask. So yeah, like asking questions about their experiences and open-ended questions and avoiding topics around specific grades it's all good stuff. I think, I think, Ashley, I know that you, you said, like, I'm not a parent myself a couple of times. And while becoming a parent definitely changes you, I think instinctually we all have, parent or not parent, the understanding of what it's like to be a kid. I mean, we were a kid once, right? Maybe just yeah. yourself back in those shoes can help you bridge that so that you feel a little bit more confident in having those conversations with them and engaging with them. No, I appreciate you saying that. I, um, I've definitely had that conversation with, um, with peers, uh, who are also, um, you know, uh, of an age where like, yeah, it would be totally acceptable to be parents. You know, we're not 12. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, we have our own journeys. Right. And, um, I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, cause I definitely know, um, I'm not the only one that I, who is on a, um, fertility journey that might not look like everyone else's and therefore I put a lot of extra weight on how Mm. important parenthood is um and yeah and how much I I just uh treasure you know that opportunity I think does that is that clear absolutely yeah Yeah. and I and I think in and sometimes that does cloud our yeah 
ability to recognize what's already there. Yeah. Right. Like I, I remember, um, I had a, well, I won't share details, but, um, there was a post that I read someone of whom I know, and they are, um, also chosen not to be a parent. And it was like highlighted all of the things that they are already. That is that of a, like a mother, right? Like just because you haven't either gotten pregnant or birthed a child um, or have a child still with you um, doesn't mean that we're not still innately mothers, right? Like we have all of those qualities within us. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're there, they're readily available. And, and just being reminded that, um, you know, I guess for lack of another description, they're there. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll share for listeners. Cause I've made a commitment to myself that I will share a little more about who I am on the podcast. So my husband and I have started our adoption journey. Um, so that's part of why I'm like super alert and sensitive to um, <laughs> uh, uh, the use of, of the word parenting and, and how how that could possibly describe me. Right. Um, because yeah. I, it's very much on our our minds. Um right now and part of why I have a part-time job instead of like pursuing full-time work because if you've ever owned a business and a podcast and then decided hey we're gonna adopt yeah full-time job's just gonna be bananas so yeah yeah I wish the <laughs> I need to shower my face I am yes you do you do I at least once every other day. Um, <laughs> sincerely, though, I'm, yeah, I'm so excited, Ashley. That is fantastic. Um, and I, I appreciate you also saying, like, all of our journeys are different. All of yeah. our journeys are different. And um, and I and in my own personal life, like, I am I am blessed with a, a clear sense of my career. I am blessed with two children. Um, with, you know, there were some difficulties, but both very healthy. And um, I don't feel as blessed in um, the romantic space. You know, it's been a lot harder for me. I mean, you know, I'm a divorcee. And, you know, I, I, it just reminds me that in all of these kind of pockets of our life, like, where we live, our partners, whether or not we have children, our career, whether or not we see family, um, you know, we're not all going to have it all. Like, I feel like it's, no. it's impossible. So it's okay if we're in different places and it's okay if it changes and it's okay if it's at different timelines and fundamentally yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if you're doing something that feels good, that makes you feel alive and you're living and that's what matters. Agreed. And, and, and to that point, you know, I think when we're talking about these timelines, right, doing things because the people, your peers, your peer group, however you identify as a peer group, um, if they're doing it, I should do it too. No, like just, mm -mm. just no. <laughs> Throw that out the window. Blanket Throw that out statement. the window, please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Do yourself a favor and really check in with yourself. Am I feeling like I'm failing or not meeting milestones because the people around me are meeting these milestones? Or is there something else? Because chances are it's that external perceived pressure mm -hmm. that's giving you the impression that like, oh, I should be married by now. Mm -hmm. I should, I should have X, Y, and Z figured out by now. I should know what college I'm going to by now, right? Whatever right. it is, I promise you, we all have that, that struggle, but we also all have our own timeline and our own path and it looks different for everybody. And it's not fair for anyone 
to project their expectations of of a timeline onto anyone for anything, right? Be it kids, be it uh, just, okay, yeah, I, I do have certain boundaries there, right? Yeah, I, I want you, if you're under a certain age, to not have kids yet because I want you to enjoy <laughs> not having yeah. kids yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With, right, exactly. With There's the limits. obvious statements of limitations, right. right? Yes. Right. Like if you're six years old, please stay at home. Please still yeah. continue to live with your parents. That, yes. is, that is where you need to be. That is your yes. timeline is not to be in an apartment. <laughs> no, yourself. not yet. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I was clapping and, and so, so on point, Ashley, so on point. This is why I love having these conversations with you because talking about really important things and really valuable things that so many people, I hope, have opportunities to hear. And that's why I love podcasting so much because we can really share a lot of information to a lot of people who otherwise maybe wouldn't have access to it. And, um, you know, we all deserve it. We all deserve to yeah. feel like we're enough. We're enough in who we are. We're enough in our experience. We're enough in wherever our journey may be at this moment. Um, and that we have choice and agency to make whatever necessary changes we feel like we have to take or want to take. Yeah, I agree. I love this conversation. Um Listeners, I, I want to wrap up this this month's call with, with Kat here today. I'm so excited. Uh, so we now have a topic. How do we know ourselves for yes. next month? So yes, Can't we will wait. definitely do that. Awesome. <laughs> That's going to be great. Um, I You know, listeners, take time and, and check out Kat's podcast, Unfuck Your Head podcast. Thank you so much for being here always yeah this has been great um I just I this was a great conversation um really really exciting um we will be back again next month with Kat we'll have a great conversation then too in the meantime take a look uh Pivot Masters is releasing episodes every Thursday so keep your eye out thanks so much guys Bye, guys. Bye.